Happy New Year. You're listening to The Riverwalk, the preaching ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today, we're going to talk about misplaced priorities. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year, and I hope you enjoy. If you have a Bible this morning, and I really hope you do, because I would like you to really read this for yourself and not just trust the pastors. We're going to look in the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 11. Today is the first Sunday in 2021. I'm excited about it. We're only three days, three days into the new year. Today is three days into the new year, but it's also a time when we start making New Year's resolutions. Some of you do. I didn't make any resolutions this year, but what if I told you this morning, what if I told you that I had the key to helping you keep whatever New Year's resolution you made? See, the answer is so very simple. If you want to keep your New Year's resolution, it's a really simple thing you have to do. You have to place whatever resolution that is at a high priority. If you want to lose weight, you've got to put diet and exercise above the chocolate cake. Above the Johnny's Pizza. It's priorities. You've got to prioritize whatever you want to accomplish. Let me tell you a priority story that happened to me last year. You have to have your insurance license renewed every two years. Well, my birthday is in December, and it's got to be done in your, the month of your birthday. I've had all year to do this, but I realized right before New Year's Eve, that I had not done it. I've had all of 2020 to spend time doing continuing education. I could have started last January, but I hesitated. And I waited until this last week when we had a wake, when we had a funeral. I literally waited until New Year's Eve, until I had hours to complete my continuing education before losing my insurance license altogether. It's very uncharacteristic of me. That's something that Kevin don't do. Kevin thinks ahead. Why would I do such a thing? The answer is quite simple. It's because on my list of priorities, it is so very low on my list. Because to be honest with you, I don't really care if I ever sell another insurance policy because I simply don't enjoy doing that. Everybody here this morning, young and old, Religious, non-religious, everybody here this morning, everybody listening to the podcast, we all have priorities. And what we care about, what we really, truly care about, goes on top of that list. We find time for what we care about. Some of you in here, like Enon, likes riding Harley Davidson's. We're going to make time to ride that motorcycle, right? Some of you like deer hunting. I'm going to make time to go deer hunting. For me, on my priority list, I care far much more about being a good student or being a good pastor, being a good father, being a good husband, watching sports, deer hunting, like I said. I care a lot more about those things than I do about insurance. So those things take priority in my life. Like I said, it's the time for New Year's resolutions. It's the time when we decide with our own personal lives what's going to take priority. And I want to suggest to you this morning... That of all the priorities you make, of all the priorities you make, I want to suggest to you that we should have our relationship with Jesus as number one. Everything else should come second. And I want to tell you, when we do that, if you could just do that today, make the commitment to put your relationship with Jesus number one, 
that everything else will just magically fall in place. But I want to warn you, when we don't do that, when we put Jesus second, third, or maybe even at the very bottom of our list, everything else just seems to fall apart. And I want you to read this story. There's a story in the Bible of a good man, a holy man. We learned about his 23rd Psalm in Sunday school this morning, King David. And just at this point in his life of being king, for some reason, his priorities got very misplaced. He cared more about what he wanted than about what God wanted. Man, the story is King David. This is the same David that slayed Goliath. This is the same David that God told Samuel that God looks at the heart, not on the outward appearance. A holy man. And I want you to look at this story with me. And I, I want you to see the Bible says this, not Kevin. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 2, it says, Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam? the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, so she sent and told David, and said, I'm with child. So David made a mistake right here. David looked, and he saw somebody very beautiful. He's king, and let me tell you, the king gets what the king wants. He's looking with his eyes. He sees Bathsheba. He says, go, go and get her. He comes. He has his way with her. Guess what? She becomes pregnant. David's got a decision to make now. What am I going to do? She's married to somebody else. She's married to a soldier. I don't know if David knew her or not. I haven't looked into that that much. But, man, this is, this is a position for David now. What is he going to do? If this would have been 2020 or 2021, somebody in power would have likely just paid for an abortion. Let's just kill the child and let's forget about it. David didn't go to the Lord. He didn't pray. He didn't repent. So now he decides, what am I going to do about it? You can read on in the chapter what ends up happening. David says, well, I know what I'll do. I'll get rid of her husband. Uriah. So he sends messengers. They go to battle. Uriah does. He says, put him in front, get away from him, and let them just kill Uriah. And then Bathsheba will be a widow, and I can marry her. And that happens in the next few verses. But just skip down to verse 26. It says, when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. This was Bathsheba. When Bathsheba heard this, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Displeased the Lord. So, something I want you to realize about this. It doesn't say that Bathsheba wanted any of this. As a matter of fact, it is a very, very real possibility that David had his way with her and she didn't want it. He could have pressured her into this. There's all kinds of things that could have happened. But this sin, what happened is on David and David alone. So some lessons I want you to learn from this story. Even though David was a good man, even though David was a holy man, good people just like you this morning, just like me, good people, religious people are still tempted with sin. David's eyes got the best of him.
He abused his power to get what his eyes wanted. And church, Christians, everybody in here, it doesn't matter how holy you are. In 2021, everyone in here will have to make choices that will either please or displease the Lord. This chapter ends by saying the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. You are going to have to decide this year about whether to give in to temptation or whether to walk away from temptation. It could be a great big thing like David did here. You could find yourself in a position and men, you might think it'll never happen to you, but I promise you it happens to pastors, it happens to deacons, it happens to fathers all the time. They get put in a situation where they have to make the decision, am I going to give in to this adulterous relationship or am I going to walk away? And I just want to tell you, man, if it happened to David, it can happen to you. If it happened to David, it could happen to Brother Kevin. If it happened to David, women, let me tell you, it happens all the time. Women, it can happen to you too. And you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to go with what I want or am I going to have to go with what God wants? It may be something you'd consider small where you're tempted to lose your temper with your spouse, where you're tempted to fly off at somebody that you love, be it a spouse, be it a child, be it parents. And you're going to have to make the decision, am I going to honor my mother and father like the Bible says? Am I going to love my wife like Christ loves the church? Or am I going to prioritize my feelings above what God wants? Or it could be, it could be that you're tempted to abuse a substance. Happens all the time. You go into high school, you go into college, you're at the workplace, and you have the attitude, I would never, ever, ever do that. I would never do this substance or I would never do that. But all of a sudden, you find yourself in a place where, hey, that looks pretty good. It's pleasing to your eyes. And then you're going to have to make the decision, am I going to go with what my flesh wants or am I going to go with what God wants? And I submit to you this morning that you can only only overcome such a temptation by prioritizing where Jesus comes in your life. That's the only way, church. As a Christian, let's just be honest, we, we get this idea, and I don't know where the idea comes from. People get the idea, you come and you give your life to Christ, you're saved, and then all of a sudden the temptation goes away. That's not how it works. You're saved and you have the Holy Spirit, and now you have somebody to help guide your decisions, but ultimately it's your decision to make. And you have got to decide where God's Holy Spirit comes. Is it above what you want or is it above or is it what God wants? You've got to make the decision. And church, I'm just begging you right now today, let's make our relationship with Jesus a priority. One of the saddest things in this story, this is the saddest thing. It would be one thing if David's relationship got harmed. And quite frankly, I think David deserves all kinds of punishment for this. But because of misplaced priorities, because David failed in this area, innocent people got caught in the crossfire. You see, it wasn't Uriah's fault that Bathsheba was unfaithful. Poor Uriah, he just went to battle. He just followed orders. He was just an innocent person that was caught in the crossfire. And then later in chapter 12... You can read about Uriah's son, and Uriah's son was struck dead by the Lord because of David's sin. It wasn't Bathsheba's fault either. It wasn't the Bathsheba's son's fault. But innocent people got caught in the crossfire. And I want to tell you, church, today... 
because of misplaced priorities, innocent people are caught in the crossfire all the time. Let me tell you, if church and your relationship with Christ come second in your life, don't you think it'll be the same for your children? Don't you think it'll be the same for your grandchildren? All the time, parents put church, they put Jesus second, third, fourth, fifth. We make time for what our priority is, and all the time, your children, the children in church you saw this morning, they're watching the church leaders. They are watching you. And whatever you prioritize, they are going to prioritize. And so many times, people like these innocent children you see this morning, they get caught in the crossfire. They never come to a relationship with Jesus because they never see a true relationship with Jesus. I just want to share with you this morning, listen to me close for 2021. If your work life, if your school life, if your social life, or any part of your life is hindering your spiritual life, you need to do some rearranging. I mean, really, what's important? What is the most important thing? Your innocent children, your friends, your family, they are watching you, and many are caught in the crossfire, and you don't even realize it, and it's not their fault at all, because they are looking at the relationship you have with Jesus... And the relationship you have with work, the relationship you have with everybody else. And they see that relationship with Jesus not necessary at all. It just goes without saying, if anything is coming before your relationship with Jesus, you need to rearrange it. You can have a work life, you can have a social life, you can have a family life, but all of that should come second to your relationship with Jesus. Perfect example. I know people are sick, and I know the coronavirus, and I know all that. I get it. But way before that, let me just tell you, adults and church leaders, if Sunday school is not a priority for you, is it really surprising it's not a priority for them? If you stay at home and you go do something else on Sunday, and then one day you look at your children and you're like, huh, wonder why my children aren't going to church. I wonder why my children are putting their wants and their needs above church. I mean, why in the world would it be a priority for them when it's not a priority for you? If your relationship with Jesus is not important for you, if it doesn't take priority over your life, it'll never take priority over your children. And they'll be just like Uriah and just like Bathsheba's son. They'll be caught in the crossfire. And it's not their fault. It's so sad. See, what David did here, and this is another mistake David did, and we do it all the time. David tried to overcome his sin with more sin. All the time this happens in America. Well, uh, I've messed up, so how can, I, how can I fix this? Let me just kill off Uriah. And like I said today, well, I've messed up, so let me pay for an abortion. Nobody will ever know that Bathsheba was ever pregnant. When I was in high school, let me tell you the story of what I did. This reminded me of this this week, covering up sin with more sin. When I was in high school, I took my mom's car when she didn't know it, and I backed into a basketball goal. Okay, so I dented her car pretty good, but I thought I could park the car in the right place, and then maybe, just maybe, she would think a basketball had hit it. You know, just, just maybe. Well, guess what? That, that didn't work out too well. I messed up by not honoring her by taking her car. And then I messed up by lying to her and covering a sin with another sin. And it always works that way. Sin leads to more sin. 
What David should have done and what I should have done, he should have went to God right away. Lord, I screwed up. Forgive me. I should have went to my mom. She's going to find out anyway. Mom, I messed up. Whatever you need to do, do it. I'm not going to lie to you, but we don't do that. So church, let me tell you, just like you'll be tempted this year, just like you'll be tempted this year, chances are you're going to fall this year. Chances are you might fail this year. And I just want to tell you, don't waste your time trying to fix it yourself. Don't try to cover sin with more sin. Go to Jesus. Go to the cross. Before it gets worse than it already is. It's, it's like I said, it's the snowball effects. Fix it before it gets worse. If you look in chapter 12, you get a little bit more of the story. In chapter 12... Verse 14, you see really why the Lord took David's son. It says, However, because this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also who is born to you shall surely die. Here's the thing, church. Enemies of the Lord, it's not right. It's not fair. But enemies of the Lord will jump on your misplaced priorities. The world is just looking, is just looking for reasons to blame the church and to blame Christ. They're just seeking a reason. How, how can I come against church? How can I come against Christ? I'm going to find a way. I'm going to look at that pastor. I'm going to look at that deacon. I'm going to look at that follower of Christ. I'm going to look at that Sunday school teacher and I'm going to find a way to come against the Lord. And I'm begging you, church, if your priorities are right, that won't happen. I'm begging you not to give them a reason to do so. This is indeed a very sad story. But the most beautiful part is that there is no sin that God will not forgive. If you have a Bible, look in chapter 12 and verse 13. David finally came to his senses he said to God through Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. I've messed up. I asked for forgiveness. And God's response was, The Lord also has put away your sin, and you shall not die. Don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand. Still, sin still has its consequences. But God forgave and restored David. He can still do the same for you. David had to reprioritize, and I suggest that some of you, maybe even listening today, needs to reprioritize. Needs to put God number first, Jesus number one. Needs to put you second. So in 2021, I pray that you'll put Jesus first, put Him above everything else, and realize that you can't overcome sin by yourself, but He can. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood it. I hope you'll make your relationship with Jesus the number one priority in your life. And I hope you'll realize that wherever you're at, Jesus is willing to let you to start over and forget the past and look forward to the future. I hope you have a great week. Remember to join us for Wednesday Words of Wisdom on our YouTube channel every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm.